Politics. This is Casey Kasem. You're listening to my favorite podcast, Mouse and Wings, on America's Top 40. Welcome everybody to Mouse and Weens. We're back. It is Joelle, the mom one, Mouse, down here in San Diego, reporting from my bedroom, summertime, and Weens. I'm Weens. I'm on the road, and I'm uh, currently in Idaho Falls, Idaho, in in some in my mom's uh, downstairs room with some mucklucks and things behind so, <laughs> the snow. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Now, Weens, what inspired you to go? You're on the move because because you had COVID, and I had to stay out of your house for a few days. <laughs> this is true. Yes, this is true. I was, I was a. Uh, convalescing in her back bedroom while she was up in LA doing your job. What's your latest job? You got to tell them. I've been working on the Barbie movie. So that's coming out with a hot Ryan Gosling as Ken and Margot Robbie as, uh, as Barbie and Will Ferrell. And yeah. Have you guys heard about it? Yeah. I saw the pictures. (laughs) I saw the pictures, but I haven't seen anything because you were doing all the pre-production, right? So they didn't actually start shooting yet. Yeah, they. I was on the pre and second unit for stunts, and yeah, they're starting to film though. But okay. um, it's directed by Greta Gerwig, who did Lady Bird, and it's got a very feminist perspective. Ooh, and okay. so it's not Barbie as we think about stereotypically. I think it's Barbie breaking out of that old role that we think Ooh. of. Good. I really can't cool. wait. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I wish you had gotten to meet Will Ferrell. I still think he would be a great husband for you. But that's yeah. for another topic. For another time. I'm <laughs> another time. For our guest. I know. I know. So you heard a third voice. If you're watching YouTube, you can see her lovely face. Who do we have with us down here? But Anna, Anna, introduce yourself because I always mess up your last name too. <laughs> yeah, my last name is Portuguese, but people here in San Diego say Araujo, like Spanish. Uh-huh. I'm okay with it, but it's Araujo. Araujo. Um, Araujo. <laughs> or Araujo, it's fine. That's okay. the American American translation. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And I love this woman. I have always had my eyes on you to get onto our, our podcast because you've just got a wealth of information and I've always loved your spirit and your demeanor and you're just, you're a cool chick. Oh, thanks, Joe. Yeah, same, be, same. Thanks. Likewise. Yeah. Yes, yes. My very feminist Barbie um, chick usage. Did you like that? <laughs> but tell our wonderful listeners um, who you are, how we met and kind of, I don't know, your background. Yeah, so we met here in San Diego at the school that our kids went to, right? The Mm -hmm. elementary school. And Joelle came in with the hands-on, like hard work for the garden that we were just starting at the school. It was great. I love that time. You know, we were just so into it and our kids were there. Everybody was so excited. And at that time I was kind of like, you know, not working so much. So I had the, I guess, the privilege to 
spend some time with my kids and do some volunteer work. So that was awesome to meet you there. Yeah, and we yeah. had so much fun. That was seven years ago, right? I think. <laughs> I know. Time flies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So our kids are over, right? Charlotte is done with yeah. elementary. So is Emma. So no, no elementary school anymore. I know. It's weird, right? Yeah. All these changes. So yes. many changes. Yeah, they're growing. Yeah. So now I have more time to dedicate to work. So at that time, I was just doing some part-time job at the San Diego Community College District, teaching nutrition. And then by like, I don't know, 2016, I opened my practice, maybe 2017. And I was, you know, I've, I'm a nutritionist. My formal education is in nutrition. I have a bachelor's of science in nutritional sciences, and I have a master's degree in human nutrition, and all from Michigan State University, go Spartans. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so I left. After graduating, I was working in Brazil with sports nutrition, right? So um, that was fun. I had like some Olympic athletes and beach volleyball players, very mm. exciting. But then and I got married. <laughs> that's where you were born too, right? Is that the yeah, accent we're hearing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm from Brazil, yeah. from the coast side. Very beautiful. And, and then I got married and came back to the U.S. And that's when I met you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And she would run these little um, the clinics at the school garden, teaching kids about how to eat healthfully, yeah. which was so wonderful because that was kind of the... the um, goal of our garden really was to teach kids how to eat where their food comes from and so yeah. she had it dialed in and she was great but yeah I loved it yeah kids about nutrition and have them and they were interested right so totally. it's like wow this is awesome the hands-on kind of thing right? right where in the university in the college I was teaching for some people that were not really interested but that was fun it was a good experience and then I opened my own practice and I'm pretty much seeing all kinds of people, right, um, from like different health conditions to maybe just weight loss. But on the background, my own, um, I, I don't want to say struggle, but my own, I guess, challenges were happening with my health, my own health. And little did I know I was going through perimenopause at the time. So... I started doing my own research, kind of like on the side, you know, it still involves health. Mm -hmm. But since I was doing more nutrition work, which involved more like meal planning, maybe some exercise recommendation here and there, right? Lifestyle. But honestly, what I was going through had to do a lot with um, other, another side of, I guess, quality of life, which was lack of sleep, <laughs> stress, yes anxiety, all these mood swings, all these things that I was trying to manage with, you know, good nutrition, uh, exercise and all that, that I knew what to, how to do it. Right. But um, still struggling. So I was doing my own research and finding out by myself because the doctor did not, um, did not say that I was in perimenopause. I was like 42 at the time. Mm -hmm. 43. And I'm like, wow, 
this really is strange and it sounds like it's something I need to find out what it is. And sure enough, I kind of checked the list, you know, of symptoms and one that was really like struck me right there is like, oh, irregular periods. I always was very regular, like 28 days right on the dot. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, this has to do with hormones, right? So yeah, so I, I even got a kind of like a specialty with the IMS, which is the International Menopause Society from the United Kingdom. I think they're based in England. And I learned a bunch. Mm-hmm. And then COVID hits. And I'm like, you know, at home, kind of like we all have more time to be, I don't know, at least I did, to ask these questions. I'm like, you know, I like being a nutritionist, but I think it's time to move into more of a holistic health kind of thing, not just meal planning. And, you know, some people call it diets, which I don't call it diet, but it's for me, it's meal planning, right? Right. So and you were actually, you were helping your clients cook too? Were you creating yeah, the meals? So, and yeah, so you have well, all of... Yeah, I, it, it, it's, it still was very personalized because, you know, some people have like, you know, um, different schedules and need more of a flexible thing. So I would customize for different needs. But honestly, I still thought that that wasn't enough, especially if I was thinking about helping women going through perimenopause. I'm like, okay, I need to add a component that's really important. And that's mental health and self-care, right? Well, I mean, you can call it self-care or mental health. Mental health can be more of a clinical term, but things like stress management, sleep hygiene, um, self-compassion, mindfulness, things like that, that, you know, I was not um, doing that as my, you know, protocol Mm -hmm. to my other clients, but for women going through perimenopause, it's essential to have those. So yeah, I started kind of like developing a method that would um, kind of check all those items that I thought were important to, you know, to look at, to treat, to, you know, all through natural, you know, lifestyle changes um, and maybe some supplementation, some, some, some of that, but mostly through good nutrition you know, movement, which I call movement now, not only exercise, but movement and self-care. So kind of like the basis, you know, the foundation. Did you find that when you got into this right away, things were changing, like your symptoms were going away or? Um, I was managing them better because I guess I started to pay attention to more of my, you know, emotional health and what was going on and not only listening to my body I was always really good at that because I've been doing yoga for a long time and so I listened to my body pretty well but my emotional health was always kind of like put it aside in you know and uh, I, I relate know, just... to that I've been needing to find my inner peace Julianne has been poking me to try to like learn how to meditate and take some time and go breathe. And I get so mad at her because I have too many things to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the excuse, right? Time. 
Yeah. And, and then we, as women, we have a tendency to put ourselves aside, right? Everybody else get, gets priority. <laughs> like our kids, we do, you know, everything for them, our house, our family. And that's okay. I, ha I don't think that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that we can't forget ourselves in the process, yep. our own health, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. So tell us too, Weens, did you want to interject anything here? Sorry, I'm just going to keep well, going no, with it. Go with what you have. I mean, I have a million questions, but I'll let you go first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Tell us too. So what, when we're talking about perimenopause, you mentioned you were about 42 when this happened, symptoms being uh, sleep, weight, weight gain perhaps, mm -hmm. or just changing oh, yeah. body. Yeah. Cause so, that, yeah, I'm there girl. <laughs> sure. Let me define some terms because there is a little confusion, right? Okay. People think yeah. sometimes people just say menopause for the whole thing. And mm -hmm. there's actually some different terms. So menopause is actually a, it's technically a point of time. It's a specific point of time when we don't have our periods for 12 months. It's, okay. it's an anniversary. Ah, how <laughs> uh, sweet. Yeah. It's the anniversary <laughs> of not having your period so we can celebrate not having to deal with that. Oh my God, for real. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so anyway, menopause is that, right? You're like officially, and like I'm in menopause right now. Then after that, for the rest of your life, you are postmenopausal. So postmenopause can be, you know, many years, right? It can take like a third of, of a woman's life being in postmenopause. Now, perimenopause is the, the time around menopause. Some people call it menopause transition. And I like that term because it's, it's really a transition, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the difficult thing is that we, each woman, experiences it differently so there's no like oh here is the list of things that you will feel right that you will experience some women don't have any symptoms like zero you know that's the minority <laughs> most women will have some symptoms right and and they're like the most um kind of like the common ones right um are like hot flashes like me right now you see there's a little bit of redness here Oh, it looks I'm, like a beautiful I'm, blush. <laughs> <laughs> it can be because I'm a little hot, but uh, I had that. And that was, this, you know, for me, it was more of the night sweats. During the nighttime, it's the same thing, hot flashes, but night sweats, you know, when you're sleeping. And of course, that just disrupts your sleep, right? And so, but apart from that, some women that even without those night sweats, they experience problems sleeping just because of the hormonal changes, all these changes that happen. And in perimenopause, what happens is that our, you know, pretty much our ovaries are just shutting down. They're, our reproductive years are over and our hormones are changing. Estrogen and progesterone, they're going to, you know, this time of change and they're decreasing. But in perimenopause, sometimes estrogen is high, sometimes Sometimes it's low. Uh, one day, yeah, one day can be different than the next day, right? Interesting. So it, totally unpredictable. Hormones are going crazy. Like I said, for some women more than others. So 
Um, so, so this kind of like fluctuation of hormones, uh, you know, that's the what makes it so challenging. And some people have the symptoms based on those fluctuations, right? Um, like you said, weight gain, some people start having weight gain, which has to do with aging as well, because we start changing our body composition, right? But also- Is that, Explain that a little more too, because I mean, I'm sure that's going to be why people are so interested in this. I used to be able to eat whatever I want. I could run a little bit and whoop, it would go right away. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now not so much. So what yeah. is that? Why? So yeah, so it's a combination of those two things, aging and, um, and the fluctuation of hormones. So with time, right, after, let's talk about women here, right? 30 years of age, we start to lose muscle mass. So this, that's why it's so important, you know, um, to, to do weight training. If you never did that, because, you know, most women who exercise, they, they like to do more like endurance, you know, walking or running or things like that. We need to focus on developing muscles because we lose muscles. And after 40, you know, even more and doing perimenopause even more. So uh, that uh, losing muscle means we don't need so much energy anymore, right? Because um, our basal metabolic rate, the kind of like our metabolism is not burning as much without mm. that, that much uh, muscle. So, um, so yeah, so that's, you know, there's a little bit of that, the metabolism changes. Mm-hmm. So even if you keep your same amount of calories per day, your need might be less, right? And then you have some hormones that um, are, you know, responsible for like um, metabolism and all that going fluctuating. So your body starts to, I don't want to sound dramatic, but it's almost like it's under stress all the time, right? So it's trying, when the body's under stress, it kind of, kind of wants to conserve energy. So there's more, um, more of a shift towards conservation of energy. So um, that's why we develop the belly fat. Sometimes it's mostly abdominal fat because that's traditionally in in body composition, that's our reserve of fat, right? So we are more prone to do that. So that's what happens, you know, what people call menopause. I hate that term. (laughs) (laughs) Menopause belly or whatever. Yeah, menopause belly, menopause, Mm -hmm. you know. Yes, I, I, I get it. it. It does happen, but there is an explanation why, right? When, and I think when you know the why, when you know that you're not alone and you know that these things happen, it's not your fault. It's not like, oh, I let, I let myself go. Or, you know, you, you need to look at it as like, okay, this is happening. Yes, it's, you know, might, might not be great, but it's, it's something that will happen no matter what and just find other ways. It's an opportunity to maybe if you ate everything that you wanted, just go and check, okay, maybe I don't need that ice cream every night, right? Or something like that. Take care of your nutrition. Like I said, incorporate some weight training exercise even if you hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, for those of us who don't have access to a gym or just really don't like going, what would you suggest for weights? Yeah, so 
those are just excuses. Think about, so I think about um, when I tell people that hate exercising, you know, in general, mm -hmm. right? Um, so you need to find a uh, kind of like an ultimate life goal. Like, okay, I'm not, I hate exercise, but I know exercise is good for me. And I want to live to be with my grandkids and be able to play with them, you know, and be healthy. So you need to think about exercise as something that is important for your health, not so much wait until you feel, oh, I love it now. Now I'm going to exercise. That's, you know, that's not reality for many people. So if you hate exercise, you just have to, um, you, of course, like there are strategies, right? If you, if you um, like to, we start with a movement that you enjoy. Some people like to do, I don't know, Zumba classes. And you can do that to begin with and start developing the lifestyle and the habit of exercise. And, and then from there, you can, you know, be more specific and start to incorporate weight training, for example. And if you're, like you said, oh, I don't have a gym, you can do it at home. There are lots of videos out there on YouTube. Um, you don't even need a dumbbell. You just use your own body weight, right, to do. I was going to ask for Julianne, too. She's been doing, um, what is your workout, the Beast? <clears throat> the Basement bands. Beast, and with, it's with bands. And I found it was less stress on the knees and things that are starting to hurt more. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I love the bands. And, yeah. you know, I wanted okay. to ask, I you know, if you're 70 years old and you say, oh, my arms, they just look like those grandma arms. Or, is there hope for you to build muscle at, the, at any age? It's harder, right? 60, it declines. Um, the, there's a graph that shows the decline of muscle mass. And it's like after the, the age of 60 is like a really steep decline. And it's hard, but it's not impossible, right? Um, and it, and you have to think about it. It's not only muscles, it's joints and movement and functionality. We want to be able to pick up stuff from the floor if it falls without, you know, so it's, it's, and, and the, oh my gosh, the so many dozens of benefits from exercise mm -hmm. and, you know, like bone health, right. Which is a big thing for women, you know, one in three women will develop osteoporosis here in the U.S. Wow. One in three. One in three. And so, so that, I heard too that like, so in, impact exercise does help that. I'm sure having your vitamin D, your calcium, all of that helps being in the sun a little bit, th that vitamin D too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So exercise is, and for mental health too, right? For to sleep better. Mm -hmm. So those, um, so back to the, the symptoms, you know, you have the vasomotor symptoms, which is the hot flashes, right? You have weight gain, then you have sleep problems because your progesterone in, helps us to induce sleep and we don't have that. So, um, and then we have like memory, like memory changes, like brain fog, mood swings, then those are more of the, you know, kind of like mood and emotional health, depression, 
You said the brain fog. I'm feeling so much better. I really start to think sometimes I have pre-Alzheimer's. So <laughs> no. knowing it's perimenopause makes me feel happy. Yeah. Okay. People good. do. Yeah. Some women are like, it's so bad that they think it's, oh my God, it's Alzheimer's or something. But it's, 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 it's the hormones, you know? Okay. Yeah. There's so many. There are actually, um, so yeah, I have a, a workbook I'm, I'm going to tell at the end of our talk on my website it's a 20 page workbook that goes through all of that like there's a, even like a scale with the symptoms like 21 symptoms that are clinically already determined to be associated with perimenopause but actually there are up to 34 symptoms but these 21 are the most common ones so you can check and see what your score is right but I mean, if you have more than three of those, it's probably perimenopause. And you, if you're around that age, so perimenopause is different ages, but the average is 45 years of age. So, but it can start early. Hmm, yeah, that's there you go. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> the average. Anna, you and I are both 50, right? Did, yes. Did you turn, yeah, yeah, I did. Too. Yeah, yeah. So, but I started like I was 42. Okay. When it started. Yeah. I wonder if I could even track it. I don't, I don't even know when it may have started. So track your periods. periods. Yeah. yeah. That's the first thing. Track your periods and see, I mean, and then the symptoms, you can also start like a little journal. And if you go through this, these symptoms that it's, you know, on my workbook, you see them and then you start checking them like, oh yeah, I have, you know, difficulty sleeping I have I'm feeling anxious more than the normal you know and kind of like that self-awareness is key I say like it's a great time for women it's people are you know sometimes associate menopause perimenopause with this negative experience but I say it's a great opportunity for you to become self-aware of your body of your health right and um yeah and and like start if you haven't before start taking care of yourself we are sponsored by dream dinners dreamdinners.com or mouseandweens.com click the link and do enter mouseandweens99 at checkout if you're in the local area of poway or san marcos down here in san diego and you will get 99 dollars off your first full order and free delivery if you choose it you guys, Dream Dinners is a meal preparation service that makes dinner time so easy. I love doing them with my family. My husband can cook them up really quick. It's just a wonderful thing with good, healthy food that recreates meal time for us. It's, it's given us lots of family time back. Dream Dinners uses high quality foods. They cut, they prep, they bag it up for you. All you have to do is thaw out your meal, look at the recipe card, and pop it in the oven or stovetop, and it's ready usually in 20, 30 minutes. So do go to dreamdinners.com, look for your location, enter Mouse and Weens 99, and let them know we sent you. Enjoy this wonderful life hack at Dream Dinners. Taking care of yourself, right? Right. What are yes. some ways to combat? So if the, so things I heard you mention, you know, exercise to combat maybe the depression part of it or, and then what would you do to combat some of the, what are like the top five things? I, or is that oversimplifying? There could be many, many things. And how do you I mean, You can that? simplify it, which um, it's more like a, a general recommendation, right? 
because of course, like I said, each woman is different. So, um, but honestly, if nutrition, if you, if you put it, like if you start first, I, I always start with um, questions like, like I was saying, just write down the symptoms, right? Start with the analysis first, right? Kind of like get a sense of what's happening, right? And then you can start making maybe your nutrition better. And then if you don't move enough, start prioritizing exercise, you know, spending, okay, I'm super busy. Well, you have to go to your calendar, start like, maybe I have, you know, a little time in the morning to do 20 minutes of walking. So, um, so exercise, nutrition, and then those three things, right? And then the self-care. And then the self-care is kind of like this big term that for people can mean, oh, I'm going to get a pedicure. That's self-care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That could be self-care, but also like uh, stress management is self-care, right? Maybe mindfulness and people are a little intimidated by meditation here in the West because, you know, some people associate it with a religious practice or, you know, yoga people that do meditation and really meditation. If you, if you research, um, even, you know, go on Google, there is Harvard is using you know, University of Colorado has a big research center for meditation, and it's nothing but a technique. It's just a, a way to train your mind not to, you know, get caught on thoughts, you know, uh, to decrease anxiety, to be more present, to breathe, to, you know, calm yourself down. So that's science. It's not, there's nothing um, mystical about it. So we need to bring out uh, mindfulness and meditation as kind of like a strategy, you know, to that if you cannot afford to get a therapist, you can still try to, you know, try to manage on your own. There are ways. And how do you define mindfulness? What does that mean? So I think, well, mindfulness meditation, I guess there are different definitions, right? But um, mindfulness for me, at least, is just the kind of like you can use mindfulness to eat, right? Being mindful is just being present. That's for me, that's what it means. So, mindfulness, I like to say to use the term mindfulness meditation instead of just mindfulness, because mindfulness could be just being present overall, which is actually great if you can be more mindful throughout your whole day, mindful of how you talk to people, how you talk to to your kids, how you, you know, interact, Um, but also mindful about like how you eat, you know, mindful about your posture, mindful if you're stressed out. and, And then mindfulness meditation is the actual practice, like the, the meditation practice, which uses some, you know, usually some sort of um, kind of like something for you to grab on, like the breathing. So you focus your attention on the breathing. So that makes it easier for you to, you know, be more uh, like focused on because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, what people say about meditation is that, oh, I can't do it because my mind is it's crazy. I'm, I'm thinking of these things. Yes. It's not the purpose is not to stop thinking, you know, 
Yes, it this just... is me. You, you <laughs> just did an imitation of me. But I did learn one little technique that I'm trying, I'm starting. And tell me if this resonates, but I breathe in a square. Have you heard of the square oh, breathing? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, yeah. so yeah. that to me makes sense. What is it like? Two breaths in, hold mm. it. Two breaths out, hold exactly. it. Exactly. It's just and it occupies my mind a little better than all the other worries. Exactly. And I also tell people that are very intimidated by it to start with um, something like that, like tangible, right? Or yoga. Yoga is great because then you're like stretching. But I'm, I'm. I have to say here because I was, uh, I practiced a type of yoga that was really. Uh, kind of like intense and um, it was great but I wouldn't even recommend that you know I would recommend more of a yoga that is um, gentle yoga restorative yoga hatha yoga the ones that are you know are not more focused on power or intensity it's more of a that you get your breathing so you get that awareness of your body going through those postures and you start breathing so that's that can be considered, in my view, as a type of meditation because you are present, right? You are breathing, but it's also for those people who can't sit down and just, you know, close their eyes for ten minutes. Um, they can start with that physical part that is yoga, or do something like you said, Joel. Uh, you know, the the square breathing, or even like deep breaths, right? For counting to four and then deep inside inhale and then exhale a little more maybe six counting the breathing right mm -hmm. and all of all of those um those things what they do you know back into kind of like the symptom and uh, stress for example when um when we are in perimenopause we also have um the tendency to increase our cortisol levels. And that I forgot to say about the weight gain. That's a big one that um, some women, especially if you're very stressed and there's a lot of anxiety, some of that abdominal fat can be uh, a result of cortisol. And cortisol is a hormone, it's a stress hormone, right? It's a stress response. So whenever we are stressed, or it could be, you know, some bad news or some stressful situation at work or with family, we release cortisol and cortisol, uh, you know, like that, uh, when I said in the beginning, our bodies, you know, are under stress, it will try to hold on to body fat and, and all that. So, so that's the connection there. So stress too. And I, I, I've read this a long time ago and you kind of forget these things, but so we're trained in our youth and twenties, even into the thirties. If you want to burn fat, you do aerobics, right? You're running, you go on all the machines and you're going for it, going for it. And that's how you burn your calories. Well, is it true then that if you're running, you're always in that fight or flight response? So your body is kind of hanging on to that fat a little harder. So to do things like yoga and I even read somewhere that people who do Tai Chi lose fat quicker than those who are running and things like that. I don't know. Is there a truth to that? Well, you see, like that you cannot ever claim that's like something will make you lose fat because right. it, there's so much more than that, right? In the physiological level. But I, you, I totally 
agree with you bringing that because I actually was, um, I, I had this uh, course that I was uh, into, it was menopause athletes. So it was about uh, nutrition and exercise for, you know, perimenopausal and menopausal women. Um, so uh, this, she, uh, she's a professor in Stanford and she was saying that it's first, again, back to the topic, um, weight training, right? The, we need to make up for the muscle loss and second rest. So what you're saying, what you mentioned about the aerobic activity being actually, it, it increases cortisol. So endurance exercises, which is crazy because you think about it, you know, if you're in a Peloton for one hour, you spend like 700 calories. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's intense. And you're like, okay, that's great. I'm going to lose weight. But if you do that every day, you are oh, like, you're super stressed in your, like physiologically, right? Even though right. It can, exercise is a great stress relief for me it's a stress relief, right? So I, 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 I do it mostly because of that. But if you do it too much, it's, it creates stress. So yes, it can be not that you, you might not gain weight, but you might not lose that, you know, kind of bothersome little layer of subcutaneous belly right. fat. Right. Interesting. You know? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's my problem right there. I have to stop all this running. Just kidding. I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> I have to get back into it. Okay, so you so we have weight training, we have the healthy rest and exercise. Um, now eating, what mm -hmm. things when we when we go online, all we see are target ads and you know, the pill that'll make you lose fat, the pill that'll make you feel better. Um, eat this, eat that. What what do we do as far as nutrition and diet? <laughs> yeah, if it sounds in, in too good to be true. Minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, my, my kind of like what I say, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, probably it's, it's, it is. It's not, you know, yeah. not true. So, um, yeah, and that's the, the thing about uh, social media and all these you know, fast, you know, shortcuts to losing weight, to feeling better, to, and um, what I worry most, actually, because uh, it's, it's, it's more like people that offer kind of like hormones, you know, like bioidentical hormones, and then you're going to feel great, you know, anti-aging, because these are doctors, and, you know, we should trust doctors, so, um, and the worst thing I was talking to my husband yesterday is that sometimes these people have, they start to improve their health because they're starting to pay attention to things. And it's not really the expensive saliva test that costs $500 that they're doing with this doctor. It's because they're starting to eat better. They're starting to take care of their health. And then they're like, oh, this is working right? And they're taking all these hormones or whatever. So yeah, so back to your um, kind of like, yeah, there's all these flashy, you know, diets and, you know, unfortunately. Fat, fat burning pills. I just bought a bottle at Costco thinking, well, what can it hurt? I'll just throw it in with my vitamins. And mm. it was this concentrated like citric acid with turmeric. Is that the one or? Yeah. 
cayenne Could pepper be. or something yeah where it's supposed to kick up your metabolism but yeah just a waste of your money Sorry. Uh, damn <laughs> <laughs> maybe they have fiber in them too they'll help with that <laughs> uh, turmeric is not bad i don't think it's bad but you know i don't think you will benefit too much from yeah from it, you know all right weens your your mouth was moving over there sorry i might have weird internet here um I was just on a hike with two girlfriends, one is 50 and one is older than that, Who? but the talk was, I think we're going through perimenopause, the period's gone from seven days to two days, it's probably happening, and it was about doing top coat progesterone, like, uh, you know, where you rub it in, and her sister's doing that, and it's apparently working amazing, but is that really something? And then she said also birth control. That's a great way to level out your hormones. And what do you yeah. say to that? So yeah, the hormones, right? So um, the thing is that, okay, unfortunately, uh, the number one complaint is that women feel, feel either dismissed by their healthcare providers, right? Um, or they feel kind of lost. So I actually recommend to my clients to go to a website. It's the National, the North American Menopause Society, NUMS. And you can put your, um, your zip code and you find a provider who is certified by them. And at least they have menopause specialty, right? Because I saw uh, the other day, this survey, it was, I don't remember the university that these um, uh, students, they, they were in their residency. So they, they are, these are future doctors, right? These medical students who were already on their um, residency for both um, primary, uh, what do you call clinical health, like, mm -hmm. and of family, right? Family health, like, and also OBGYN. And on the survey, it, they have 7% of them felt that they were confident that they could manage or treat a woman with menopause. So, so even in medical school, there is only disregard, seven. only 7%. Yeah, yeah. You know? they're not oh. getting the training. Yeah, family medicine. That's the doctors that we go to for our annual checkups, right? Mm -hmm. So, so like, you know, Julianne was saying what, you know, women are, oh, let me try this cream. Oh, let me do this. Oh, it, it's, it comes from, from yams. So it's natural. I can, you know, just rub on my skin and I wouldn't recommend any of that. I would recommend seeing a doctor, you know, um, and, and uh, not that that will be kind of like set in stone, but at least you can be, you know, listen to what they have to say. And if your symptoms, especially like hot flashes, symptoms that actually can have an impact on your quality of life, sometimes a hormone therapy can be a treatment, it can be very useful, but sometimes it's not. So it's, there is no, there's nothing that we can say, oh yeah, that will be the solution to your problems, that will treat your, your perimenopausal symptoms because you know, and those doctors, they need to see you at least every three months to see, okay, is it working? Right. Mm. So, um, so for me, I remember taking, um, you know, uh, uh, 
the pill for my night sweats and it, it did help. And then they, they start to subside by themselves and the, the night sweats. So I don't even take that anymore. But I was, you know, I had a doctor with me because there's also the, some doctors out there that use bioidentical hormones, which are not FDA approved, but they use that as a treatment. So you have to be careful, you know? Mm -hmm. So So go to your website and perhaps they'd send you to an endocrinologist too, someone who specializes in hormones. Um, Usually. Yes. (laughs) I shouldn't answer that, but I was going to say what my experience was when you're done. Yeah, I think uh, I, I mean, my opinion, I would see an OBGYN, right? But they can be, they actually can be like family doctors that have that. What I'm talking about is the specialty from the NUMS, from the North American Menopause Society. Um, So they have like a menopause specialization, I guess. Yeah, I like that. But they could be, yeah, they could be an endocrinologist as well, but. Okay. Yes, Weens. Yeah, let's hear it. Well, I was just going to say, it reminded me of my experience, which was I started to feel like my hormones were out of control. And it was, you know, this happened probably three years ago. So it was probably at the start, I'm guessing, of perimenopause. And it was mostly really, really sad mood swings right before my period. It would be like it was turning into seven days of really low depression feeling. Mm -hmm. And then I finally, you know, I was talking to my therapist and then I finally went to my doctor. My doctor said, go to the OBGYN. I went there. They sent me somewhere like Quest Lab to draw blood Mm -hmm. and they found that nothing was wrong. So I said, "Okay, well, it must be me. I need to change something else. And then I heard from someone else that you might have just happened to draw blood at a time where your hormones were different. Exactly. I was exactly hormone. Uh, so you see, that was a misstep right there. Your doctor did something that was really, if he knew anything about menopause, he would know that perimenopause, there is no hormone test to determine if you're perimenopausal. Because like I said, one day you can have normal levels of estrogen and progesterone, and the other day you might have different. So and even like FSH and, you know, LH, all these other hormones, it's more towards menopause that, oh yeah, you can have a test once you have your, you know, you haven't had your period for months, then they can, okay, let's see. So they test for FSH, usually they're high and then they're like, ooh, this is higher than what it should be. So probably you're getting very close to menopause. That's the only time. And if you see like these, you follow these doctors, they are real, you know, real doctors, um, usually from the NUMS, they will tell you the same thing I'm saying, you know, that there is no blood work that will tell you you are perimenopausal. Mm. So that's what happened to you. So they're like, oh, no, it's, it's fine. But you are, it's a clinical, when you determine if you're in perimenopause clinically through your symptoms, not through blood work. So those symptoms, yeah. And you know what they ended up telling me I should go on antidepressants, which I did. And I still am a little bit on them for a year, all because it was so unbearable for those really dip, those big dips. And I, I was exercising, I was eating well, I didn't know how to bring myself up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, what do you do in that situation? Is 
Yeah. So what I've heard from doctors is that sometimes hormone therapy could uh, manage those symptoms. Sometimes they actually recommend antidepressants, right? So it's, again, you would have to be seen by a doctor who knows like, okay, let's maybe we, we should try hormone therapy first. And then if it doesn't work, we can try antidepressants, you know, because for both of these treatments, you know, prescription medications, there's side effects for them. Right. So um, it, so that's important too. Right. So if you, if you have, you know, side effects from what you, you take in, you know, is there another alternative for this? And, and like you say, you know, um, like if sometimes we just go with it because that's what the doctor is, you know, telling us. And, and that's why knowledge is so important, right? Knowledge, we, it's empowering because if you knew that maybe at that time, you would think like, okay, let, let me ask you, what about hormone therapy? Because I heard even though you're saying that it's not perimenopause, I'm, I'm in the age around that it could be. And I read somewhere that, you know, I could have all these symptoms. Can we try that instead first? Or, you know, so there, the thing is that there, uh, the, the thing, the message that I would like to give is that there are alternatives and that there are different options for women. And we need to become more, um, I don't know, more uh, kind of like, you know, put our, our feet down and kind of demand for our right to have the right treatment, right, for us, not be just taking whatever we get. Okay. Right. And then, right. then you're still dealing with other symptoms, right, because antidepressants might, might not work for other things that you can be experiencing. So, yeah, it's it's tricky. I I even had that where I went in for sleep problems and they wanted to quickly prescribe me antidepressants and I'm going they didn't even ask about menopause, you know? So to not get that medical gaslighting kind of treatment and really advocate for yourself. I like that. Smart. Yeah. yeah. So Anna, if so in lieu of taking all of that if we were to say I want to come to you, I want to do it more natural. What, what kind of plan would we set up? Yeah, so I, I coach, right? So I have like a coaching kind of, and, and that's funny because I'm, I kind of changed my title. I, I've always been a nutritionist, but for me, nutrition is just part of it. And I was pretty judgmental with any, anything else like health coach or life coach, all these terms that I, for me, it's, it meant like, okay, this person got their certification online, but honestly, what I like now, I'm okay with it, is saying that I'm a health coach, right? And my, my background is in nutrition. But so like uh, when I see women one-on-one coaching, then we go through all of, you know, all of those things. And so I have a little method that I call FEM, you know, in, in French. So the F stands for face your challenges. So that's kind of like going through your symptoms and your challenges and, you know, getting that assessment. And then the other components are just pretty much lifestyle. So E is uh, eat enough, you know, eat enough nourishing foods. So instead of taking out any foods and, you know, 
diet. <laughs> diet is the I no more have, no more no cabbage diets. soup. No cabbage soup diets. <laughs> no, the the it's still the you know like in like fasting, intermittent fasting, and all that stuff. Not good for us. So any diet, any restriction, it's actually super detrimental for you know for our health. Not only physical but mental because you know who wants to be dieting, right? I get so mad anytime I've ever cut anything out of my diet. It just makes me angry. That's not yeah. good. <laughs> no, it's not good. So, so the the eat the nutrition part is pretty much like learning nutrition and learning what you know what you should start to have on your on your eating uh, habits. Not and maybe exclude a few things, but not exclude completely. Just you know just don't have them every day if you, you know, like, so nutrition, and then you have movement, which is, you know, uh, I do some recommendations in exercise, which includes also rest, you know, depending on the person can be someone that's really uh, active, so they actually need more rest, and some, there are sedentary that need at least, like, the basic um, uh, movements first, right? So we we start where the, the person is, then uh, manage your symptoms. That's where, you know, if you have problems sleeping, so we will focus on that. If you have more like a, you know, stress, and usually they're all tied in, right? If you have, if you start incorporating a healthy lifestyle, one thing will lead to another and you start sleeping better, maybe your stress will be reduced. And you feel better, you're less fatigued, which is another symptom of menopause, uh, perimenopause. Um, and then at the end, empower your mind, right? The E or the end of M is to bring that self-care, you know, to start a uh, meditation practice. And I even have like, you know, I guide people to start, like I said, start slowly and or start with an app that you can do for five minutes, you know? And so it's kind of like it builds on itself and, and the person will have to first prioritize their health and give some time because it's not, it's easier said than done because you have to actually, um, you know, get your schedule. Oh, I'm super busy. I have kids, you know, teenagers. I have parents that are starting to get old. We are the sandwich generation, right? We call uh, mm. Yeah, it's called sandwich. And I think it's a great term because we are kind of like in the middle of this, you know, our kids either leaving our houses or growing older and then our parents getting older and we are there, right? Kind of trying to manage everyone and everything. So very stressful times, right? Um, and then I also started a group. Uh, so I have lessons that I created and um, women can, you know, it's a self-based, so they can go through the lessons and then meet with me. So it's, it's kind of nice because then, you know, you ha I have, you know, I can see people uh, if they need more of a like coaching, you know, one-on-one -on -one or just, you know, a group. So, yeah, so that's basically it. Um, but like you said, it's more na a natural approach. Like a, I don't, you know, if I, recommend some supplements that's about it but of course i'm it's 
beyond my scope of practice to recommend any prescription medication. But sometimes I do recommend someone to see a doctor, right? To follow up if the symptoms are very kind of like debilitating, you, you need to see a doctor. That's smart. Yeah, we yeah. should open this show with the, these are not medical. <laughs> Go see your doctor if you really have some some problems here. This is a oh, life, yeah, definitely. lifestyle, nutrition, diet, exercise advice, not medical. But yeah. I love that. <clears throat> and I love that you do the classes and groups for those of us who this sounds kind of overwhelming. Like, where do I start? How do I start? What do I do? What is good nutrition? All yeah. of that. So I like, I like that you have it packaged up. That's yes. great. Oh, <laughs> so where can we find you? So my website is Anna, A-N-N-A, Araujo. <laughs> That's <laughs> the hard one, A-R-A-U-J-O.com. Yep. And we'll link it in our show notes too. And on Instagram, I'm pretty active on Instagram, not Facebook so much, but more Instagram. And I'm perimenopause underscore coach on Instagram. And, and she's I great on Instagram. I copied a bunch of uh, of your things here. Just, just good quotes and advice and cute videos that yeah. you speak right to me. I mean, it's, it's like, kind of what I'm thinking about that day. It's like you can nice. pick up on that. But nice. um, here's one. Low-carb diets may cause more harm than good for women over 40, especially active women. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there you go. We all think we need to cut out carbs, but... Yeah. And then we can take the conversation further, I'm sure, and find these nuggets online and reach out to you. I love that. Yeah, definitely. That's one. Um, that one got me. I guess I got even one... You know when it's good when somebody uh, says something bad, uh, when they uh, criticize the post. Mm. And I'm like, ooh, I hit the spot right there because the extremists, you know, it, it's, it's always about extreme, like, oh yeah, low carb, take out the carbs. And carbohydrates are super, super important especially if we exercise that's the main source of energy yeah. that our body needs and if you cut them it's like you know now it's the villain is carbs and i'm like okay i'm just waiting until uh, this carbs is not going to be the villain and something else will be the villain right like fat in the 90s right right so, and then the the keto diet and all of this go into yeah. ketosis and that oh doesn't sound right to me <laughs> exactly you want to your urine to be that acidic that can't be healthy i mean even if you're if you don't know physiology that is not normal it's a starvation mode do you want to be on starvation right. you know, mode stress your body to that uh point and i don't think so is you gain it back as soon as you start eating normally again right yeah and then you hear oh yeah so many people have so much success but usually if you look there are people that are really fit exercising men usually males not women we need we need carbs and carbs oh, another thing that carbs do i have a whole like i i think i even have like a blog post on that but you know when uh, if we cut carbs from our lives the first thing we will see is that we get really depressed because of serotonin. 
Mm. Carbs stimulate the production of serotonin, and then we we don't have carbs. Literally, we are depressed because. Oh, Jules, maybe this is it. Uh-huh. <laughs> she only eats the cheese off the top of the pizza. And they eat the uh, whole pizza. No, don't worry <laughs> about it. Now, you know, you don't you you kind of don't want to overdo it either, right? But the carbs, carbs are you know especially like, you know, fruits and grains, whole grains bacteria in our gut love that so we need to feed them well as well if you don't have any good source of carbs to feed our um good bacteria it all it also you know in the and there's a lot of research in the microbiome and in relationship to our brain health and mood and all that as well there you go yeah i love it the wealth of information. I have a million questions. Oh my God. I could talk for hours. You I know. know. Well, so I love the, the debunking the myths too, because you do, you get caught up in, in what the ads are telling you or what the diet is or what your friend is doing and the shakes and the drinks and the this and the that. And yeah, yeah it's got to be a better balance and a little more natural. It just doesn't seem right. So yeah. And, uh, you know, when you talk about Oh, lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. But it, it's not sexy, right? It's not sexy as saying, eat this, follow this protocol, and follow this diet, and you will lose 20 pounds in you know a month, or you burn fat. That sounds so sexy. <laughs> but when you talk about no, you actually have to do the work. And you have to, you know, it takes time. It's not going to be something quick. And it, it People get, you know, people want fast solutions to things, right? Absolutely. Want fast solutions. That's yeah. the, the human mind works like that. We want, especially here, we want that immediate <laughs> gratification. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I really do like watching you online. You said you have a blog too. You, yeah, on my website. You'll do big, yeah. yeah, blog posts, which are great. I've read a few of those. And yeah. yeah. And do you do this all over Zoom or? Is it local to San Diego? Yes. Or? So now that finally we're seeing people, I'm actually opening the doors to in-person. I, you know, I never thought, to be honest with you, before COVID that I would go online, seeing people online, but I had to change my whole approach, right? I had to change my whole business to like online um, coaching, I guess. Yeah. So I guess most people will still prefer to see me online, but if if you're in San Diego, um, why not, right? Uh, right. You're not yeah. seeing in person. Kind of do any other testing like body mass index, like fat testing or exercising or any of that? Yeah. Or is it more just the program? So I do. I do. I, that was a time that I was kind of struggling with, the, oh, should I do body composition testing? Because I've always done it with my athletes, right? Uh, because fat test. Yeah, sorry. Well, they do like, like calipers. They test your what, yeah. I used tricep to do that. that. Now I have like an ultrasound that does that. Okay. So it's it's pretty great. Um, but I was struggling because I'm like, well, I don't want women to be focused only on that aspect, you know. And then we kind of like tie it tie in with another problem, is which is kind of like the emotional. Uh, kind of, uh, you know, struggle of women and their self-esteem and, you know, kind of like that uh, kind of diet culture and all that stuff. So I was um, going through this process of like, should I do it or shouldn't I do it? Should I offer body composition testing or not? So what I'm 
thinking is that I, I actually have a couple of clients that I do test them, but they have to be at a certain um, kind of like mindset to be able to look at it and say, okay, I do have some abdominal fat, but that's fine. And not get that in their heads that that's the only thing that matters. Right. 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 So I do offer in some, I, let's say I offer that, but I will be the judge of like who would take that as like information, which is great to know, okay, I have some body fat and I know where it's distributed and, or, you know, like use that as information to maybe use that for a goal, like a short-term goal. But again, you know, even if you want to lose weight, weight loss as your goal, that should be a kind of like a one bonus that you will get because your health is more, even more important than losing weight, right? Feeling great, feeling energetic, not feeling fatigued, sleeping better, and all of those things, right? Feeling more stronger, right? Feeling like you, you can, you know, squat better or whatever it is, your body, your, your mood, those things, in my view, are more, more important than what your body fat is. But if you lose some body fat in the process, that's great, right? And usually that's the case. <laughs> yeah, but it's almost like fighting an uphill battle when we're getting older and our bodies are changing and mm -hmm. we can only do so much without going insane. So I like that whole approach. That's great. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Anna, look at this smiling, radiant person. I can just feel <laughs> your warm spirit through, and through my, the and my red Yeah, and your red cheeks. No, you're beautiful. Thank you <laughs> Thank so you. much for being on with us. Anything else you wanted to tell people? Any summaries or? No, I no. guess like I, I'm, I'm glad that you're doing this. You, it's a, an outlet for women to hear something, yes. right? To it's kind of this. Information invisible embarrassing thing nobody wants to talk about you know I have such thin hair that's a thing of course mm -hmm. the wrinkles all that good stuff but we in America especially Southern California don't ever age right we can't show it on Instagram or anything so it's so nice to see your post where you're being honest and open and you're kind of right there in the camera often doesn't look like you're wearing a lot of makeup and nope. it's so empowering just to see how natural and happy and vibrant you are so oh thank Yay. you Joelle. thank you thank you, thank you. Uh, well thank we you. will be uh we'll be in touch i'm sure one of us is going to sign up for your services soon <laughs> I'm, I'm retired now so i have a lot more time to focus on me oh great <laughs> All right. So everybody, please go to Anna Araujo. Yes. I, I like rolling that R. I don't know if it's even <laughs> right. Uh, dot com. We'll post everything in our notes, our show notes. So be sure to follow her on Instagram, perimenopause underscore coach. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we love it. Hopefully you'll find some new clients and, and yeah. keep this good thing rolling. Thank you so much. So Absolutely. Much well and Thank you. So much. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. So you can find everything at mouseandweens.com. That's Yahoo! where we're going to post everything. And we just want to give a special thank you to our patrons. Thank you. Over on patreon.com backslash mouseandweens. Mouseandweens. We, we hope that you guys have liked the extra episode. You guys got a whole bonus episode. Nobody has heard it. Only you. Bonus. 
and we have posted little videos and outtakes and fun stuff like that so if anyone else wants to join that's where we are else but Julianne, what? you have nothing to contribute here. Well, you're you just, just saying words. And I don't know what you're saying. What are you, a fluffy I'm... cheerleader? Yes. Just a poof here and there. What do you want from me? I don't <laughs> she know did what's just happening. poof in the bed too. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, we want to say thank you to Sarah, to Joyce, Yay. to Carla, and to Jody. Thank you so so much. Thanks, friends. And we will see you next time. Yeah. Bye. You're me. <laughs> she was a beautiful girl. Beautiful smile. She had it all figured out for a little while. Then it all crashed down on her head. She didn't know who to call, didn't have any friends except the hair salon, but nobody was in. When we came back into Rome, I got a message from one of my sales girls here in the office saying, oh, Sel, we need to talk to you. Yeah, at that point in time, I had no idea what was in store. Oh, shit. I think there's an issue. The entire amount has been pulled out of our accounts. This is Fool Me Twice. This is a podcast about diamonds. My mum and I were approached by a woman in Hong Kong who owns a diamond business and had a pretty compelling story to tell. This podcast follows that story and attempts to unravel some of the shadier aspects of the diamond industry as a whole. The feedback from him was that she is a very smart woman. She is conniving and very good at getting away with these sort of things. Diamonds are the ultimate status symbol. Trust is such a centerpiece of human society. You can find Fool Me Twice, all about diamonds, on Ozcast Network and all podcast platforms. This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.